on. Let's say the scripture for today and for our year, this year, 2005. Here we go. Blessed it. Wait, wait. It's 2015, man. I'm a decade behind. Come on, say it with me. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of living water whose yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you in? All right, let's grow. God bless you guys. You can have a seat. Will you guys just do a favor for me on a day that's been bumpy? Will you give the band, the vocalists, and the tech team a big round of applause? They are pretty awesome. I appreciate them so much. I appreciate you guys so much. And thank you, Devin, for helping helping the, the old, the old crippled, guy, crippled guy get in place. It was funny. I was uh, getting ready for... Uh, for my uh, uh, presentation at City Hall the other day, and 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 uh, and the mayor, mayors came up to me and was making fun of me, and 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 I said, well, and they're trying to figure out how am I going to get to the get to the, the the podium to speak, and and she said, she goes, oh well, we we have our our uh, we have our special podium way back there in the back in the corner, and it's for it's for those of you who are who are physically impaired, and you can use that. I'm like. Oh, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. She goes, really? Like, no, that, that, that just, that, that I'm not doing that. So I, I hobbled down the stairs and got all ready and did it all. So it actually worked. I didn't even fall over there. Everybody was like watching me and afraid, but it, it, it worked out pretty good because I had good help, people to help me with it. But uh, I want you to open your Bibles up to Acts 27, and it's near the end of the Bible. If you're not quite sure where that is, got your Bibles? All right, ready to go? Boop. Now, let's make it happen. All right, let's go. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your help. You know, have you ever, guys, walked through a really, really tough time? Yeah. 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 Good, good. Who is not yet? Good. All right, all right, because I want to be your friend. You know, you need to talk to me about the easy life. But the thing is, we all do. And it's normal to walk through tough times. It's normal to walk through some fires. Now, let's be honest with you. 20, 2015, for me, has been a year of highs and lows. Uh, Ten months ago, I became the full-time pastor of City Life Center. And, yeah. and I, I was excited about that because, because I no longer had to drive an hour to my, to my other job. And for me, it was just a major breakthrough. I was excited about, about reclaiming time and focus and, and, and building a routine around this ministry. And, and, and I was loving just the, the thought of being able to have a full-time mental commitment to God's work right here and my ministry role. And then I was really looking to, at the opportunities of, of just growing significantly my volunteer ministry, which is the volunteer ministry that I do in the city. It's about 20 hours a week. And, and, but a few weeks after that breakthrough, I had a TIA, and for those of you who are not medical professionals, that's a small stroke. And, and my doctors looked at everything, and most of you know the story. My, my, they said, your health is immaculate. Your blood is like, like primo, perfect. Did you like, you have good blood. What is wrong with you? I, we can't figure this out. You just have one problem. Your blood pressure is crazy. Talk to us about your lifestyle and your routines. What's going on with your life? Are you like burning 15 candles at once? I'm like, no, I'm building, I'm burning 90 at once. And, and so, so basically the doctor smiled at me and said, well, you need to change your life or you're going to die. <laughs> so I love it when the doctor just gets, gets honest with you. And there's just, there's no, there's no wondering, well, what did they really mean? Now, 
I, I know what they meant. So I did it, my blood pressure plummeted, and now it's in a normal range and it stays there. Uh, and it's, it's really cool. I'm actually still recording some of my best blood pressure readings right now that I have since March, and it's just been a steady decline. I love looking at the chart. Like, yes, this is, this is good. And I believe God's touched me, I've, but I've been walking through this fire. But God has helped me, and, and Jesus has directed me. God has got me through the fire. And I realize I can handle the heat. I've learned some things. I'm, doing, I'm better now than I was back then. I'm glad. Just four weeks ago, uh, most of you know, I experienced an incident. I'm not going to get into the deep details here, but my kneecap was split in half right here on the church property. I thought I could sue the church, but I thought, no, that wouldn't be very nice. So, so I, 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 I returned to my, I really never thought about that. I was like, I could do workers comp, but then I realized now that wouldn't be very good either. But, but I, I go back to uh, my orthopedic surgeon a few days ago of my follow-up visit and she does the x-ray and she walks in, turns on the x-ray thing. And she goes, well, I want to let you know that your x-ray today looks exactly the same as it did three hours after your accident. You're not healing. And I want to, you're, you're not only going to be wearing a brace now, you're also going to be wearing an immobilizer. I want you to wear both and come back, back in December and we'll see if the bones are fusing and if not, you're going to have surgery. And I'm like, what? 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 Wait a minute. I'm a Christian. I was serving God when I broke my patella. I was doing churchy things. I mean, hey, it isn't right. It isn't fair. Like, well, maybe I sinned and God's getting me back. Maybe I had an evil thought and God is wanting to teach me a lesson. Maybe I was getting too prideful and God wanted to bring me to my knees and bring me low and show me who's boss. But, and I've even been told that, that that's why it happened, you know, usually in a joking way. But, but the truth is, if I cave to that kind of thinking, I might then move into this thing of like, well, I deserve what's happened to me this year. God really doesn't even care about me. Uh, you know, he doesn't care about me as much as he cares about the pastor of the cool castle church down the road. I mean, he gets like cool castle building or she, or I don't know who the pastor is. But, uh, you know, and, and maybe I just put myself through the fire. I deserve to be punished. God, I love me. This fire is the end of me. Wow, you know. And, but if I think like that, I'm deceived. I'm going to explain that to you today. You're going to see that. Here, here's the truth. I'm no less beloved of God because I have a broken bone. God doesn't punish people like that because we're in the era of grace. Sure, I can still, I, I can't function the way I did function, uh, and I am battling physical issues. I'm battling emotional strain, also dealing with this because this emotionally messes me up, and, uh, but I'm still who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm chosen by Jesus. I am called out of his dark, out of darkness into his glory. Light. Are you guys with me on that? Yeah. And see, and the truth is, my feet may be hot from walking through the fire that I've been walking through this year, but all of a sudden I realize, hey, wait, I'm not getting burned. I'm going to walk through the fire and I can handle the heat. I want you to uh, you know, keep your Bibles open to where they are, but I want you to look at this scripture written by James, Jesus' brother. Uh, he said, Consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, like, thank you for that gift, God. <laughs> Wrong. Well, yeah, I don't feel that way. I don't get weird about it, but okay, consider it a gift. You know that under pressure, dun, 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 your faith life, I don't know why my brain went there, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. Oh, guys, that's serious. You get that? Wow. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. 
Let it do its work so that you may become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, then pray to the Father. He loves to help. Like, well, what do I do today? You know, I'm, I'm sick of this. I go up to the front, Colby, pray for me. You know, I want, I want help. And then I'll look what it says, and you'll get his help. Bam, slam dunk. And this is cool. You won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Anyone, verse 12, anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. I want the reward. I'm going for this. So for the next three Sundays, I'm talking about walking through the fire. I did not plan this sermon message, this series based upon this. I planned this last summer. And, and it's funny how God loves to make things happen so I can live the illustrations of the sermons. I'm going to be very careful about the sermons I plan henceforth. But, but uh, for some of you, you're right in the middle of it. And, and your feet are getting hot. Your running shoes are beginning to melt. And I'm going to share with you three stories from scriptures over the next three weeks. And embedded in these stories, are keys to becoming and living as a firewalker. And I'm saying you guys need to hear all three. I'll say it again. You need to hear all three messages. Because if you're not, uh, you, you, you're going to miss out on about a third of what I believe God wants to show us as we're walking through fires. And if you're not walking through the fire right now, you might be when December rolls around. If you're not walking through the fire right now, you might be when you move into to January 2016. So get equipped to be a firewalker. You might have a friend right now who's going through a blazing inferno and they need help. Help. Get them here. Uh, learn these principles. Repreach these messages to them. Introduce them to our church, Stephen, tonight. But be an instrument of strength and healing to someone around you. Some of you, you are, though, in the fire right now. And you're sweating and you're panting. You're ready to pass out. And I just want to say to you, hold on. Don't give up. You can be a firewalker. God brought you here today, right now, for a reason. And God has a word for you today, and I want you to believe that and expect it. Because Jesus is about to show up in the middle of your fire. Now, we can't run from the fire, and we can't run from the heat in life. And in fact, Jesus didn't promise that uh, everything's going to be perfect. Guys, that's, that's heaven. We're not there yet. Look around. We're not, what happened in Paris? We're not in heaven. All right. But Jesus promised that he will be with you. So we've got to figure out how to handle the heat. True confession here. Some of the scariest movies I've ever seen are shipwreck and ocean movies. They're, they're, they're scary to me. And I hold my breath through them the whole time. And then I like, turn blue. Like, okay, wait. <gasps> breathe, breathe. Titanic, you know? <laughs> Have you guys ever seen The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg? Oh my God. Like, okay, that is scary. Lifeboat, that old 1944 Hitchcock uh, classic, that, that, that's scary and just weird. I mean, that's, just, that's, that's crazy weird. Uh, okay, there's another one. It's a newer movie for Robert Redford's All is Lost. I mean, at the end, I'm holding my breath going down. Like, I'm dying with him, and I feel all of his pain, and it's over. I know how it's going to end, but I'm still dying. And I'm, it's terrible. Uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks. You know, you've seen all those movies. I hate, this is weird. I hate those movies so much that I have watched all of them multiple times, and I don't even watch movies very much. 
There's this old 1970s ballad. Some of you who are aged like me, you might remember it. The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Golden Lightfoot. Um, you know, it, it's, it's this song. goes, the legend lives on. That's how the guy sings. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down. Over the big lake they call Gitchigumi. You know, then he says, superior, it says, never gives up its dead. When the gales of November come early. And so, okay, here, here's the deal. I had, I had to stink and memorize that song when I was in my seventh grade boys choir. And it tra- that can traumatize a kid for life. Therefore, I don't go on cruises. You go on the cruise. I'll pray for you. We're not going to have the City Life cruise meeting where we're going to have church. No, uh, no, I won't be there. I've only been on a one boat on the ocean ever, and that was when I, I, I was absolutely humiliated. I had to go with all the rest of my family because everyone was going to go whale watching in Mexico, and I wasn't in charge because my other family members were there from my wife's family. And I'm going to tell you, buddy, I was stinking prayed up when we went out on that boat. I inspected it, every detail of it, and I don't even know what boats are to do, you know, other than float. But Acts 27 tells the story of this ancient shipwreck in the Mediterranean Sea. And, and, and to me, like, along with, you know, this story, along with the story of Jonah, and even the story of Noah's Ark are some, like, the scariest stories in the Bible. I know all of that's weird, and, and some of you might feel like you need to psychoanalyze me. Don't, don't, don't. But here, here's the truth. In this story that begins in Acts 27, there's this guy by the name of Paul, and this man is radical transformed from a, a religious, bigoted, uh, hateful leader uh, who imprisoned and killed Christians to like the craziest, most radical world missionary. He planted churches in the hearts, right in the heart in the center of, of, of the greatest cities in the Roman Empire. And he named every one of his churches City Life Center. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not. I, I don't have the biblical, full biblical evidence of that, but I do know that, he, that there was life in the city and he would we'll go to the center. So I'm still working on it. I, I'm trying to find it in the Bible, but, but you know, it is possible. It is possible. But the truth is, he is also recognized as one of the most renowned leaders. You want to study leadership? Look at this guy. He's one of the most renowned leaderships in the, leaders in the scriptures. Uh, but Paul is now a prisoner He's the lowest rung now, and he's on this ship, and he's in this perfect storm that's set in, and Paul and all these other people are about to face imminent death. And, and we're going to pick up on the story. Uh, he's in the middle of the heat. He's fighting against nature for his own life. So look in Acts 27 down at verse 21. We're going to start right there. Now it says, after they've gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. I mean, don't, don't you love Christians like that? They're, they're happy to tell you how wrong that, uh, that you were uh, after you already did the thing that you weren't supposed to do if you would have only listened to them originally. Yeah, okay. But, he goes, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. I mean, you got you to love it when, when Christians like, kind of do that. They, 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 they just keep it real and, and basically saying, well, everybody's messed up. You guys are all a bunch of losers, but it's not that bad. And like, oh, yes, Paul, it is that bad, Paul. You're tripping. We're all going to die, okay? So he goes on to say, last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, <laughs> the real God, and whom I serve, he stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. Now, I want you to hold with me for just a moment. 
Some of you need to hear that. See, God could have sent this angel to say, Paul, you're going through some really tough, tough stuff, but you just need to tithe more, or, or you need to serve more at your church, or you need to learn more about the Bible, or you need to do more churchy things and everything's going to be okay. No, no, the angel whispered to the beleaguered Paul, like he's whispering to some of you right now, don't be afraid, Paul. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Keep fighting. Don't give up, Paul. And some of you guys, you really need to hear that today. Don't be afraid. Don't be letting your emotions dominate your existence. The angel goes on to say, you must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. I mean, he keeps bringing that up. Don't you love it? Okay, then on the 14th night, so I don't know how much time happened in between here, but it's not getting any better. He gives the word of the Lord. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight, the, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found the water was 120 feet deep. And a short time later, they took soundings again, found it was 90 feet deep. And fearing they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat one lifeboat, kind of goes back to that Hitchcock movie, it gets a little scary here. The sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Let's be sneaky here. Let's get out of here. Let's save our own lives. I want you to pause for just a second here. Some of you guys need to take some inventory on the people you're hanging out with on your ship. Right here and right now, you need to take some inventory. Because when you're walking through your fire, you need to pay attention to who's trying to get out of your ship and who's staying with you and who's hanging with you. Here's a word of advice. <laughs> Don't pay attention to friends that want to ride with you in your Lexus. Pay attention to your friends who want to walk with you to the bus stop to get on the T when your Lexus is dead. Some of you guys, you just need to close your Bibles right now, grab your coffee, and go home because that's exactly what you needed to hear from God today, and you need to go out and act on it right now. So, wait, no, don't, don't leave yet, don't leave yet. Okay, we, I do want to go a little further. All right, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, he said, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the rope and held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Their only security is now drifting away, physical security. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Hey, time for some food. How about that? He's like, okay, guys, it's, uh, it's, the sun's coming up. It's breakfast time. So, you know, he goes into the ship and he gets all these boxes of fresh Krispy Kreme. I know they were making them down the lower levels of the, of the ship. And really, this, this whole principle is very, very spiritual. Uh, but, you know, there's a practical side to it today to, uh, as well. If you're having a bad day, you maybe need to get some food. If you're walking through the fire, maybe you need to get some Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know. I mean, I, I did see a new Krispy Kreme going up in Westworth over on Altamere by El fitness like go to the gym get a donut hey you know kind of work it all out all things you know work together I I don't even know what to think about that but I'll inspect it and check it out and let you know what I feel but but in reality the truth is some of you need to simply stop your panic and eat some breakfast relax it really means this means you just need to 
maybe eat a meal, but you need to feast on God's word. Some of you guys, you need, you need to stop your panic that's going on in your life right now. And you just need to join me on Saturday morning and let's talk through some stuff. Eat our power breakfast and it's just going to be us and we'll have a great time. And, and feast on the bread of life, God's word. There's power in that. I don't want you to miss that. Back to the scripture, he says, for the last 14 days, Paul said, you have been in constant suspense and you've gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Boy, isn't that crazy? That sometimes we, we're like, everything's going so crazy, I haven't had time to stop to, to even fellowship with God's people or get into the Bible, get into the scriptures because life is so hard. Paul's saying, stop it now. You need to get some nutrition. I urge you to take some food. Look at this, you need it to survive. I mean, can you imagine how grouchy, I thought about this, how grouchy those people would have been? They had not eaten for 14 days. Like, like I go for 14 hours and like, man, I'm ready to break this fast, you know. Uh, but, but then he goes on to say, none of you are even going to lose a single hair from his head. Isn't it amazing that Paul, as he's walking through his greatest fire, his worst trial ever, he still has the ability in his own trial to speak life and encouragement to people around him. Some of you, you work in a hostile work environment. Trust me, your work environment is nothing like this ship was that, that, at that time. You may want to consider not asking God to deliver you out or pray that your boss gets fired, but maybe ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and, and to allow you to begin to and show you how you can release the vision and the life that's built up inside of you so that you can impart to the people around you who are about ready to die. And they would die if you weren't there with them in the office, speaking life and encouragement. After this, he took some Krispy Kremes, or excuse me, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And he broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged, ate some food for themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Okay, I want you to script down to verse 40, 42. I'll just tell you the story goes on to say the ship broke up. Move to the final part of this portion of the story. It says, the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and gave uh, and kept them from carrying out their plan. I want you to keep this in mind. It makes no sense. This doesn't make any sense. But when you're walking through the fire, it's amazing how Jesus will even send your enemies like he did here, send your enemies, people who were your enemies, to actually come alongside and to help you and, and, and actually breathe a little bit of life even back into you. God does amazing things, you know? It's amazing how God can send your enemies even to your rescue. That's the amazing way that God works. Wow. He says, Paul ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were there to get on the planks or on other pieces of the ship. And in this way, everybody could make it on in safely. Uh, I just want to recap what happened. This one guy, he is in this absolutely doomed ship in this horrible trial and this, this fiery test. But he had a sense and a call from Jesus to keep his vision, to keep his faith, to keep his strength. He's not going to give up. He's not going to give in. Uh, I, I did a whole series on this, on that positive abundance perspective. This is what Paul was operating in. This is what allowed the Holy Spirit to work. This is what allowed him to, to save the lives of all of those people, including his own. You know, and, and he saved these people from their watery graves. It gave them another chance at life because simply Paul had faith. Guys, this is, this is legitimate stuff. 
This is good for us. And from this story, I'm going to give you three quick ways on how to handle your heat. I want you to write this down. Some of you may want to take pictures of the screen and then put your favorite. Put your favorite out there on Twitter and Facebook, whatever, so you'll even remember it. Firewalkers, you want to know how to handle the heat? Here's the first one. Here's the first one. You can handle the heat when you see it coming so you don't end up running. See, what I love about this, and leave that, leave that up there. What, what I love about reading about what Paul did is he, it looks like Paul's a couple of heads, uh, steps ahead in this game. He's been with God. He knows what this world's going to bring. And, and he didn't end up running away in the middle of the fire. And that's what God does for us. And he wants us to live with this sense of dependence on him that calms us so that we know that, that, that fire will come. And we may not know how. You may not know when. But you just know. So when it comes, you're not going to get all panicked about it. Still you can know God has a destiny for your life. You can see it coming so you don't end up running. How do you do this? How, how do you stay in this, this condition? Well, you guys are professionals. You live by your calendars and you know you do. Schedule. Put it on your calendar. A 15-minute daily appointment with Jesus. Like, well, I could never do that. Well, then you're not doing it now. Put it on your stinking calendar. Start somewhere. <laughs> Nobody's shouting me down on that one. You need to. You you may be like, well, the pastor said to put Jesus on my calendar. I I don't know. Is is that in the scriptures? Go study this week. All right. You need to talk to him and let him talk to you. Because I know you're saying it with that that voice. But the truth is, God's already talking, but you're too stinking busy trying to multitask. You can't even hear the word of God. You need to get some of the songs we sing at City Life. You need to get them on Spotify and listen to them. You need to get a Bible. Get a Bible app. There is th- Today's world, it is easier to access the worship and the word, and scriptures, sermons, than ever before in the history of the world. You don't have a stinking excuse because you carry a computer in your hand. You have it with you 24-7. You're always reading it. You're just looking at stuff that don't matter. Set up that appointment because that appointment will calm your spirit and your craziest days you know, are going to be calmed. Things will come at you and you're going to be able to take it in stride. You're going to start walking through the fire and you can handle the heat. And as you are calm, as you see it coming, you're not going to take off running. And God can now begin to use you to lift somebody up which would maybe use you to, to lead, bring leadership to the icy marriage that you're in. Now you can work in the office and, and thrive, not just survive. And why? It's because you realize, you know, yeah, fire's coming. I'm going to face opposition. But when I start fire walking, I'm not going to run away because I know God's with me. Bam. Slam dunk. Here's the next one. You can handle the heat when you see it through because you have no idea what God's going to do. And trust me, you don't. Paul had no clue how this thing was going to really turn out. I mean, can you imagine if Paul would have been me? Because I think I would have given up. Ships, me, so I've, I've sang the song, Edmund Fitzgerald, I'm still traumatized by the, the junior high boys choir. But imagine me, I, you know, I would have given up and I would have stopped leading. But it's bizarre. And I just thought, this is, this is like one of the craziest things in this story. Here's the guy who's at the lowest rung. He's a prisoner, yet he's also anointed for leadership. But he didn't get a position. He didn't have a title. The, the guy's in chains. And he ends up directing the affairs of the entire ship. See, wow. 
He saw it through. He used his anointing. He used his gifting. He didn't need a title. He didn't need position. He just said, I'm going to walk in my anointing. And some of you, you are firewalkers here today, and you're in the searing heat, and maybe you're tempted to give up. Don't. Use your anointing. Walk in it, regardless of where you are on the, on the chart, what's, what's going on. Just start doing it. Maybe you have a lover who walked out on you. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's, who's turned away from God. Maybe you've just failed miserably for the 99th time this year, but you can handle the heat. See it through because you have no idea what God's going to do. And, and, and here's another thing. That fire that you're actually walking through, it's not about you. It's really about other people who need to walk through the fire as well. So you can handle the heat. See it through. You have no idea what God's going to do. Bam. Here's the third one. You can handle the heat when you shake it off. Say, shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> so you can keep yelling, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, so you're going to yell, bring it on. You can't yell, bring it on until you shake it off. All right, the, the story of Paul and the shipwreck, I'll tell you this, it, it, it continues in chapter 28 of Acts. I want you to look at that. Paul, Paul just saved everybody on the ship. He gave out fresh donuts to everybody. He was teaching the non-swimmers how to surf, you know, and all this. I mean, he's so cool. But, but, and and it, then, then things get better. Or you might think it's worse, depending upon how you look at it. I mean, I hate shipwreck stories, but I also hate snakes. And so here's the next part of the story. Uh, this is, again, this is like the major trauma story of the Bible for me. Acts chapter 21 verse 8 says this, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Hey, that's still there. You can look at it on a map someday. Not now. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. He goes, oh, aren't that nice? Like unusually kind. Like what nice people. They built a fire and they welcomed us because it was raining and cold. What good people. So Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. And of course he did because Paul's super Christian. You know, he's the servant. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leader. So leaders are servants. I'm going to get out here and do it. And, and it said he put it in the fire and a viper. And I'm not talking about a dodge viper. I'm talking about an extremely poisonous fate. The snake was driven out by the heat and fastened itself on his hand. That's the worst night. Nightmare. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, it just had to be a snake. Why couldn't it have been a spider or, or, or a falcon? But it had to be a snake. I guess I, I guess the worst thing could have been, though, like a cat. Yeah, that would have been even worse. But, okay, look at this. Nice islanders. We love you. You're our friend. Oh, I love you. I, I have people do that to me a lot. It's like, love you, Pastor. But should I tell you? I just can't say They're spitting on me. I'm going, oh, that's gross. Yeah. Okay, look, here's that guy. We love you. Okay, look, 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 this is the Bible. This is the Bible. You guys experienced this too. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, oh, oh he must be a murderer. And, and though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. They're looking at him saying, look, he's going through some bad stuff. He, he must have sin in his life. Uh-huh. Here's a message for all of us. Never, ever judge a person because they're going through a bad time. Don't be that guy. Always give grace and believe God's best no matter what people are facing. What did Paul do? Paul shook off the snake. Say, shook off the snake. Shook, he shook off the snake into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected it to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time, seeing nothing unusual was happening to him, they changed their minds and... They said, okay, he's a god. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? Somebody needs to set up a psychiatric hospital on that island of Malta. Go there now. I mean, the, the beginning, they're like, oh, we love, love, love. You're a sinner. Get back, get back. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're not that. You're a god. All hail the power. You know, it's just weird. <laughs> what do you learn from this? 
Here it is, guys. This is so good. You cannot live off of the praises of other people, nor should you die from their criticisms either. We live for an audience of one, and that is Jesus. Jesus is our source. Jesus is the one who directs us. Some people are going to love you. Others are going to loathe you. But only Jesus died for you. So live for him. Give yourself completely to him. It says there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius. I would hate to have his name. The chief official on the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. Now, now Paul is in the cushiest place in town. Prisoner Paul, he's in the palace. God put him in a nice place. But wherever you are, the nice place or the bad place, it's always for a purpose. Because his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. And when this happened, the rest of the sick of the island came and were cured. The rest of the sick of the island came. The right here, guys, this is cute. The rest of the sick people on the whole stinking island were cured. This, this whole island was having, we, let's just call it a revival. God was moving. Why was God moving? Because Paul shook it off so he could say, come on, bring it on. Imagine if Paul had, you know, had, had, you know if you were Paul and you would just escape from this, this horror cruise, you know, uh, into Hades and you finally land and, 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 and you're, you're going, man, I just need some fresh air to breathe and thank God the drama's over. I'm sitting by the fire. The warm, fuzzy people are all here and, and you know, you ever been there? And then a snake bites you. And right here, Paul's faced with a decision that Christians are faced with all the time. I can sit here and moan about how hard life is and I did so many good things and now look. You can sit there and do nothing and die or you can simply say this, I'm going to keep on moving. So he shakes it off. And I'm here to tell you, some of you, some of you, you need to stand up and in the name of Jesus, you need to shake off what has been trying to poison you for so long. Shake it off in Jesus' name. I, I might be hobbling around with a broken bone, but the truth is, it's still there, but I'm going to shake it off. You need to say this, say, Jesus, I don't like this fire, but I refuse to let my physical agony or even my emotional pain consume me like poison. Yeah. Don't fall in love with that snake that's attached to you. Maybe some of you have been abused. Maybe someone has forsaken you, and I'm not belittling that at all or minimizing it, but the worst thing you can do is just sit there and let the poison ooze into your system. I mean, who knows what kind of amazing things God has set up for you just around the corner. Not only for you to be taken care of, like Paul was, but for God to use you to lead a lot of other folks into deliverance. You can handle the heat when you shake it off so you can keep yelling, bring it on. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? I want you to focus internally. I've talked about Jesus in this message, and if you're ready to have a clean slate in your life, to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond right now, and I'm so serious about that. I, this, this message is burning in me, guys. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer, make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, what I'm going to ask you to do is like, you, you, you know you need Jesus. And this is not just something, you're serious. I need Jesus in the middle of my life. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I want you to respond in just a moment by lifting your hand. Know this, Jesus died for you so you can have life and everything can change today. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Lift your hand now to begin to shake off that past. Lift your hand. I need Jesus and I need to get things right with God. 
Lift your hand for me. Secondly, you know there's something hanging on to you that you need to shake off. And as soon as I started talking about it, it came to your mind. That was not your imagination. That was called the Holy Spirit that was speaking to you guys. And you know you need to shake it off. I'm not asking you to tell me what it is, but I want you to acknowledge it before God. How many of you, there, there's, there's something going on that you know you need to shake it off. Lift your hand for me right now. Lift your hand. Wow. A lot of hands. Come on, I want everyone to stand up. Stand up with me. I want you to stand with me, and I want you guys to pray with me right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to give me the courage and give me the strength to move forward in the middle of this fire. I choose to be a fire walker. Today I shake it off so I can say bring it on. I'm moving forward in my life because I have a destiny and I have a purpose in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.